0: Welcome back to More Than Tracy Turnblad, the podcast about fat representation in entertainment and media. My name is Abby Rose Morris, and today I am so excited to be bringing you a special bonus episode for Valentine's Day with dating behavior specialist and coach, Kristen Moraccio. You may know Kristen as Dateology Coach on Instagram and TikTok, or you might follow their podcast or their Substack. And about a month ago, I asked you guys for your questions for Kristen. So she is going to be answering the ones that you sent in as well as some additional ones that I wrote. So I am so excited to finally be able to have a space to talk about dating and how it's different for fat people and what it's like for fat people. I know for me, it's felt like a very loaded subject in the past. So now we have an expert who is going to give us the lowdown. Before we get into it, a small warning. You may hear Kristen's dogs in the background at times during this recording. We actually started to record on a different date and then we couldn't finish because the dogs were barking so much. But they were pretty calm overall this week. Just if you hear some, you know, snuffling or barking in the background, that's what's up. Anyway, I want to remind you that we are going to have two additional bonus episodes this month. They will be out on the Patreon, and those are going to be in the quirky best friend tier. The first one is on the movie Fat Girls with Monique, uh, which I recorded with my assistant producer Maya yesterday. And it was so much fun. I am so excited for you guys to hear it. So make sure to subscribe and give it a listen. So that's available starting at the Quirky Best Friend tier. And if you want to be one tier higher at the Funny Fat Guy, I also wrote like a really long personal essay blog post kind of thing about my experiences with what it's like to be fat and get these messages both from being a performer and just from like absorbing the media that I've absorbed about fatness and dating and how fat people are unlovable and then to fall in love in real life, and like how jarring that is. So I really spilled my guts about it. (laughs) It's very honest. And um, I would love for you to read it if you want to subscribe at the next tier up, which is The Funny Fat Guy. And then finally, our super spicy, extra special raw unfiltered content for the month is I recorded an episode with my roommate all about whatever is happening to cat and euphoria or what is not happening to cat and euphoria and why that might be. So if you want to talk Barbie Ferreira tea, definitely make sure you get on the very top Patreon tier. And that one is called the main character. So before we get to Kristen's interview, I want to talk to you guys about Love is Blind because when I first started watching this season, and I didn't watch last season, I watched like one episode and then I got mad because there were no fat people and the show is called Love is Blind and they still couldn't have a fat person on it and so I got mad. So anyway, for this season, I start watching and right off, I'm seeing like plus size people. There were two plus size women in the original like selection pool and I was so excited by that. Could not wait to see what they were going to do with it but also was like terrified because you know I always knew that if there was going to be plus size representation on a dating show it was probably not going to be handled in a way that was super great. Um, and I was correct. So basically there were these two women and then there was also one guy who was plus size who I didn't even know about until I looked up all of the contestants later. But right off the bat, you see these plus size women saying like, I want to date in a way where I'm not judged on my appearance. And I'm like, okay, yes, queen. Like, I really hope this works out. But of course they stop being featured like five minutes into the episode. And the one moment you re- even really see Any of them like in the pod, it's when Shake, and if you watch, you know how we feel about Shake, um, asks, like, do you like to work out? And the girl who's plus size, you can like see her considering it and she's like, no, I don't. And he's like, oh, well, I don't think we'll be compatible then. And this guy, by the way, is asking a ton of questions, trying specifically to weed out fat people. He asked Deep T if she would be comfortable, like, riding on his shoulders at a music festival. And she was like, I don't know, I guess if you can lift me. And he was like, well, am I going to have trouble lifting you? Like, crap like that. And and then the fitness thing. And it was all of the questions that people ask to, to weed out whether someone's fat. In fact, like, there was one person who even asked, like, what size clothes do you wear? I can't remember if that was the same person. But, like, they're asking all these questions to determine if the other person is fat. And then, of course, you get to the part, there's two contestants, Dee and Natalie, both of whom used to be fat. And this is part of their tragic backstory. And so instead of actual fat representation, we get like one moment of that in the beginning. And then we get these two people being like, oh, well, I used to be fat, so I'm really insecure, and this is, like, very vulnerable for me. Like, they're so worried about sharing how they used to be fat because, like, I guess what if they got fat again? Or, like, I guess that's the fear. Um, so they share this, like, vulnerability, and the guys are like, oh, my God, like, thank you for sharing that with me. Like, I was chubby, too. And, like, one of those guys is also Shake, the one who's being the most fat phobic at the beginning, and he does address his issues after Deep T is literally like, This makes me so uncomfortable, like I used to be fat and like it's not cool of you to say this stuff. And he does some like reflection about his own body issues. But like literally that one moment of reflection is enough for her to agree to marry him. <laughs> so um the bar's in hell, but it just makes me so mad that the representation we are getting on these dating shows is of people who used to be fat. That is the closest thing we're getting to true like representation of larger bodies. It, it reads so virtue signally, so like almost tokenizing to me that they like have plus size women in there but then don't continue to follow them and don't really explore it. And instead do something that addresses I guess, fat phobia, but do it in such a way that it centers people who are no longer fat. And the implication is that romance, engagement, success on a dating show is accessible to them now because they lost weight. Like, you can't deny that that's the implication, whether that was the intent or not. And like, those are the voices we're listening to about this. Go figure. And The men are accepting that about them. They're accepting that they used to be fat because they're no longer fat anymore. And so if they thought that they were fat, they wouldn't have this like deep relationship with them or whatever. So you can see that like even in a situation where the entire point is to not judge people by appearances, people are still holding up fatness as this like deal breaker, basically. It makes me so mad. I don't know if I'll watch the rest of the season, but I am so deeply upset by this. I hate it so much. I was going to record this intro right after I watched it, but I was too mad. Like, I couldn't even talk about it. It would have gone on three times as long. And usually I won't, like, totally rip apart a piece of entertainment, but this is so bad. This is so bad. Um, And right before Valentine's Day... (laughs) Um, it was a a very uncomfortable thing to watch and to watch with other people. So if you would like to scream about Love is Blind, my DMs are wide open. Let's talk. If you're listening to this, I think I'm going to go live with El Baez about it on TikTok um, on Monday evening. So um, if you're listening, Monday, Valentine's Day, around 7 p.m., hopefully we'll go live and we can talk about it because... There's so much to unpack here. Okay, before I go off on too many rants and too many tangents, it is now time for my interview and dating Q&A with Kristen Moraccio. Hey everyone, I want to share a project from one of our past guests with you. Sarai Cole has a new show coming out on February 6th on YouTube. It's called Vaisendank Project, Poems in My Hand, and Sarai, with the help of director Mary Kelly, has used these classical songs to tell a relevant contemporary and relatable story of belonging. It features poetry from women of color and talks about her experiences and feelings of not belonging as a fat black woman in opera and the world at large. I found this piece to be so thought-provoking, and it also makes classical music really accessible. So definitely check it out, whether or not you're already an opera fan. And of course, you'll get to hear Sarai's incredible vocals. For more details about the project and to find out where to watch, visit www.poemsinmyhand.com. That's www.p-o-e-m-s-i-n-m-y-h-a-n-d.com. So, welcome Kristen. I'm super super excited for for this Q&A sesh. Hi, Tracy. Thank you for having me. You have such
1: great I went to Emerson where it was really all about voice and articulation and public speaking. You have such such your articulation is on
0: point. Oh, thank you. I went to school for that. Um I'm also I also do voiceover, so like you have a great voice. Thank you. You are welcome. Um, also, my name is not Tracy. <laughs> oh my
1: god, I did it again, didn't I? It's okay. I, I told you I was taught. I was on the Swipe Fat podcast, and i I referred to you as I think she's Tracy T, or that was your your. It's my username. It's your it's username. It's a
0: reference to hairspray.
1: Okay, at least I gave the correct username. <laughs> I am so, yes, so sorry,
0: Tracy T. It's all good. I am um, honored to be mentioned on Swipe Fat, which is one of my favorite podcasts. So. um Speaking of swiping, dating, etc., I've brought Kristen here to do a little Q&A about all of your and my questions about dating while fat. So, we're going to get into it, but first, I want to know, how did you get into doing what you do?
1: I started a one of those oversharey blogs. And I would say that was probably well over 10 years ago. And this was when dating blogs were really exploding. And I think it coincided with sex in the city going off the air and everybody thinking, well, I could do that. I could write about my dating experiences and whatnot, and it could take off. And in some cases it did. Uh, And so that's what I think was my inspiration was, well, I can do that. And I was a creative writing minor in college. And so why not? So I started writing this blog and people just started asking questions. And if you see, like on TikTok, you'll see, you know, if there's a dating, mm-hmm. if there's a, someone in the dating niche and they're talking about their dating issues or whatever, people constantly ask questions in the comments. Yeah. So I started writing responses and it just took off. like, it was not, it was nothing I, I set out to do, but it, it, it took off and it became bigger than I expected. And so then I started freelance writing about dating and then I built up this persona of dating expert, which made my dating life extremely difficult, but it was, it was the, it was the gateway for me. And then, uh, right after I, after about 10 years of writing the column, I took it down. I took about a year and then I went for trauma recovery training and certification for coaching Mm -hmm. It, so that I could apply it to dating, yeah. And here we are.
0: <laughs> Can we uh, talk a little bit more about how trauma and dating intersect? Because I know for me, date like the word dating evokes a, like a response. A response. Like a it's triggering. Response. It's, a tr- it's yeah. triggering. Sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, people, dating has become so uh, anxiety-driven. I don't think we were prepared for the trajectory of online dating, meaning it yeah. started with a website. It started with messaging people that we liked and having to focus on profiles and photos and basic stats and questions. And then apps hit the scene and then apps exploded. And it was just about the photo and the the age and maybe the height or very shallow criteria. And it really, I think, became very derivative in that it it, it just uh, boiled everything down to a picture, uh, uh, you know, an age, and that's it. And that's uh, it was became this very dehumanizing experience, right? And because of how it makes people think that they have more options than they actually do, it provides this mm-hmm. false sense of abundance. They're more right. likely to just reject somebody, move on, unmatch. And that can be really uh, traumatizing after a certain point when it keeps happening and you don't know why or you're in the middle of the conversation and someone just unmatches or worse, you go on a date and your date doesn't show up. Oh God. These are humiliating, hurtful, embarrassing uh, experiences. Yeah. Now imagine having that experience over and over and over again, which is what a lot of people are experiencing. That's where the trauma comes in. Because any trauma is something that changes, fundamentally changes your worldview, that causes you any sort of extreme emotional or physical pain. That's trauma. Trauma is very subjective. And if it when you hear people now say, "Oh, I'm not gonna do it anymore and dating and this and women only do this and men only do that, that's trauma. It has fundamentally changed their view on a process that used to be really enjoyable. Really? It was it really was <laughs> when I when I, I ever- conceived of it as a misery.
0: <laughs> You've only ever conceived it of, as a misery? Yeah, but I've also pretty much always been fat since I was of an age where dating was possible. So that mm-hmm. like probably ties into it.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But in the early stages, in the early days of online dating, when you could message whome- whoever you wanted and you were more likely to get a response, it was actually really enjoyable. I enjoyed wow. it. I enjoyed it. And then it just hit this... It just suddenly became extremely difficult. And I don't even think it was my age. It just... I feel like the process itself just took this really bad turn once dating apps started to explode.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I definitely remember, like, the point at which Tinder became the thing. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, like, everything was so different and the things that were coming up for people were kind of the same but also different and like just the volume of people you can find on there Mm -hmm. is so so different and I feel like that adjusts people's thoughts about it too plus we are like of course bombarded with media that's like find the one find the perfect person for you Mm -hmm. hold out and then you get like that self-help rhetoric that is sometimes helpful but sometimes is also like you're worth the perfect person and then people take that and interpret it in this way where they're literally looking for perfection Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm
1: yeah I think that that false sense of abundance and making people think that they have more options than they really do mm-hmm. it's it's created that paradox of choice, yes, where you have too many options and when you have too many options, you're less likely to choose, and when you do, you're more likely to be dissatisfied
0: yes absolutely that that's makes the paradox so much of sense. choice, yeah, so mm-hmm. what else have you learned in your time? As an advice columnist and then a dating coach, uh,
1: you know, objectivity is key. Being able to step outside of a scenario and try to and try to examine it without internalizing it, which is very, very difficult. And yeah. I think that's where I succeeded. and that's why my column took off was because I was able to take pull myself out of it and look at both sides. And that got me a lot of heat because sometimes I would um, I wouldn't say I would side with the guy, but I would present the guy's side. And that got me a lot of blowback from women. And then the more I think I became less of a cool girl and less of a pickmate, because I think we all go through
0: that. Totally. And so much dating advice is in that vein, too. Like I'm thinking of like Call her daddy kind of vibes, yeah it's yes it <laughs> is very
1: it is very it is very cool, girl, and yeah, all, I think we all go through it, I think we have to, I really do think we have to go through both sides to understand to really look at it and go, oh, that was nuts, yeah, that was not good, yeah, that was not it because you 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 really do have to I, we put so much value on male validation
0: yes oh god right
1: and if you can say you have male friends oh well my male friend said and my male friends always do this and you know it's like you're you're trying to elevate yourself above other women as though having male friends is it means you're better it it doesn't it doesn't
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense and i feel like um, fat people may have a sort of unique relationship to that, which we're going to get into in the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do, I just want to know what is your like overarching sort of philosophy on modern <laughs> dating and relationships? I already know the answer, I'm and you already know the answer to this one. As you hear us say
1: it, and it is very simple. It is fuck that guy. Woo! Just fu- just let's stop giving men the power. Yeah. Let's stop allowing men to dictate how a relationship unfolds. Let's stop allowing men to define what a relationship is or is not. I had this discussion with my boyfriend when we were dating, and it was about sort of labeling us. Right. And I very plainly said to him, I'm not asking your permission to refer to us as dating or my or my boyfriend. I'm not asking your permission for that. It is what it is. That's what it is. It's not, it's like, it's not up for discussion. We are dating. You are my boyfriend. That, and, and, but you have to get to a place and it can take, and I hope as time goes on, it takes women less time to get there. But you have to get to a place where it's like, fuck that guy. You're in or you're out. Yeah. If you're out, I'm going to be okay.
0: Yeah. I'll be okay. That's the key. That's the key. Mm -hmm.
1: That's the key. So that's my philosophy. Fuck that guy. Oh,
0: I love that. That makes so much sense. <laughs> you know, what's so funny because actually, um, I don't know if I may cut this out or only keep it for the exclusive Patreon unedited raw cut. But um, uh, my boyfriend basically said that to me when we started dating because I had never been in a relationship or dated at all. And I was like, oh, I'm nervous. Like, I feel like this is like, like, I don't I'm scared to like say it's a relationship, but like. We were also, there was some distance between us temporarily at the time. And so he was, like, really driving far to come see me and vice versa. And so he was finally like, just tell me what you want. Like, next time we see each other, just come and tell me, do you want this to be a relationship or not? Like, just tell me. And I was like, okay, I do want this to be a relationship. And here we are two and a half years later. Right. But getting to that point, and I think when you go through
1: a, a long phase of rejection or disappointment or not meeting anybody you really learn how to be alone and you get to that point where you say you better be really really you 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 gotta earn it yeah you gotta be worth it
0: yeah and I think it's also like and I know like for me I also like started to make it my identity that I had never dated anyone maybe would never date anyone and that I was okay being alone and like I needed that I needed everyone to know that <laughs> my, my
1: advice column was called. And that's why you're single. Yeah. That became my identity. My identity was you're single. Mm-hmm. And it, it really took a long time for me to get to this place where I could admit I'm using this as a shield Yeah, because I knew it was, it was Counterintuitive. I knew it was keeping a lot of good men away and attracting the wrong ones. Yeah, and so one day I just made the decision, like, click off, turned all of it off, deleted everything. I was that was it. That yeah. was it. And then six months later, I got an okay, Cupid. First guy I met was my boyfriend, and that was two years ago.
0: It's so funny how that happens because I. Um, was in college at the time, so everybody I knew was in this very tight, tight knit community, mm-hmm. and even the people who weren't from school, like, were my work friends or people who knew people I knew from school mm-hmm. or whatever. So, like, everybody knew that I was the girl who did not date. And that was really comfy for me. (laughs) Um, So it just so happened that, like, my boyfriend was not did not go to my school, although we were introduced by a mutual friend. But he didn't even live in the same city as me at the time. I was like, Mm -hmm. I just graduated and was about to move to New York, but hadn't yet. And um, so, like, I wonder if, like, our relationship was literally enabled by us just not not having any mutual friend contact Mm -hmm. until, like, the day we met or, like, you know what I mean? Like, not being in the same circles that much. Yeah, it's clearing space. Right. You cleared that space for him. Yeah, I did. Right? (laughs) Yep, and here we are. And here we are. Yeah. So before we get into questions, I want to talk a little bit about, like, the fat dating experience and relationship to dating. And I think we have unique experiences, as do people in other marginalized groups, because of not being... Desirable in the social hierarchy And so a lot of people will view fat body As a deal breaker Or just as an excuse To mistreat us Mm -hmm. Because they expect us to be grateful for any Speck of attention at all Right, right So This, of course, can be traced very neatly back to a lot of media tropes, which is what I discuss on this podcast. And so we see a lot of messages in media. In fact, we see very few messages that aren't this in media, that in order to be worthy of a relationship, you have to be thin and conventionally attractive and beautiful. So then this shows up in like these common tropes of how you see fat people and dating interacting in media so like one of the most common ones is that the fat person is like tragically forever alone even though they have all these other good qualities and a lot of times this one intersects with this like psych nobody likes you kind of trope where it's like they get asked out as a joke or on a dare and they fall for it and then they get humiliated publicly which also like is very common in real life because people, you know, get that message that fat bodies are undesirable. And so they have this power over them. And I have a story about this, which since it's Valentine's day, I'm going to tell. Um, so when I was in like maybe the sixth grade, my school did like the carnation thing. They handed out carnations um, and you could like buy one for your friend or whatever. If anyone, you know, doesn't have this tradition growing up, that's what it is. And so like your parents would buy you one, your friends would buy you them. And so everyone, everyone would have a little bouquet and like the most popular people had the biggest bouquet. (laughs) And it was not really a romantic thing usually, but I got one that said from a secret admirer. And because I was already fat and I already knew that I was going to be a target because of it in this particular way, I ripped it right off. I crumpled it up and I put it in my pocket and I actually just found it in like a box of saved papers from the time. And I was like, wow, I literally at like 12 years old was already so cognizant that one, I could not ever like let my guard down around this. And two, just that obviously being fat made me a target. That like I I did not show anybody and like I think one of my friends accidentally saw it and made fun of me about it and I was like shut up it's fake I know it's fake, um and I like just would not entertain it at all even though people tried to convince me because you know they were excited about the drama or because they were doing that and trying to fuck with me. Mm-hmm. But, that exact yeah. that exact thing happened to me. Oh my god! Junior
1: high. And one night they called my house. They got a guy to call my house and ask. Ugh. For me. And I get on the phone and the guy says, Hi Kristen, it's your secret admirer. And I knew in my gut that it had been fake all along. And I knew what they were doing. And it was just so cruel. And I, you know, I I I hung up the phone and I started to cry. And my and I remember my father, you know, asking what was going on, and, and I told him. And uh, you know, that was sort of the beginning of uh When my father started to realize this school is really terrible. Yeah. Um, And so we, he put me into private school, which was, it completely changed. It was a game changer, but I've had that experience and it is absolutely heartbreaking.
0: It's so damaging. Even when you see it happen to your friends, like I saw it happen to my best friend and she did fall for it and it was just terrible. And so like what I learned from that was don't let that be you, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a very common trope. Another one is being hidden by partners, um, or being used for sex and only sex not worthy of a relationship. But people will have sex with you because they think you're easy because who else would have sex with a fat person right? It's very common, and then mm-hmm. of course, adjacent to that is fetishization, which like a lot of marginalized groups, fat people deal with all the time, mm-hmm. so that's very common as well, although in the media, you mostly see fetishization used as a joke and not really actually addressed with a few exceptions. Um, the other thing is like a lot of times your other attributes are emphasized in this way of, it's like, you're so kind, you're so sweet, you have a beautiful face, you are so smart, like whatever, whatever it is. And then, um you end up providing these things to somebody that you are in love with. Like you see this a lot with fat characters um, that it's like, Oh, she's the best friend and like, she's in love with him, but he'll never be attracted to her. Mm -hmm. And this is also another thing that plays out in real life often. And then of course, if it does work out and a fat person does find love, it's either for a reason that is suspicious. Like the guy is a chubby chaser or, or, it's like a beard situation Mm -hmm. or it's like with somebody who is like quote on your level end quote like Mm -hmm. it's the other fat character or Mm -hmm. it's somebody who is like otherwise marginalized or on the fringes or another side character Mm -hmm. yeah so ironically that women are pretty much only allowed to end up with fat men in mm-hmm. media but fat yeah. men in real life are some of the cruelest toward fat women but we'll get into that later
1: yeah i you know i love the i loved the Shits creek approach to homophobia which was let's create an atmosphere an environment where homophobia doesn't exist yeah i would love to see a, a show do that where fat phobia doesn't exist that God, it's not even commented on
0: it has never been done it mm-hmm. literally has never been done mm-hmm. no no one's even gotten close like,
1: <laughs> you know, did you? Well, no, this is that doesn't even kind of. She was pro- probably more mid sized than anything. It was that show with what's his face, Joey Triviani. Friends? No, <laughs> no, with the show the actor did just recently. Oh, man with a plan, I think it was. Oh, it was
0: okay. Called. Yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, she was mid sized. Yeah. Well, we call that entertainment fat on this podcast because according okay. to Hollywood, it, it is fat. It's just. Mm-hmm it's a different experience it's a different experience of being mm-hmm. fat
1: oh an american housewife
0: oh i haven't seen
1: that america it, it just went off the air if you look look it up if you look into it yeah and that was one where they very they yeah they they didn't address it well, no actually i think they did address well she addressed her weight yeah but it was she was she was plus-sized
0: Cool. Yeah. I'm super excited for the new Bridget Everett show as well. I can't remember what it's called right now, but I'm I'm very excited to watch that. Uh,
1: now who is who's Bridget Everett?
0: She is a comedian and like cabaret artist Mm -hmm. who does all these like really sort of provocative like songs and and shows and she's like from like this sort of downtown New York scene. I didn't Mm -hmm. know who she was till the show either. Mm -hmm. Which is disappointing to me because I love cabaret and that's like how this whole podcast came to be because it's based on my solo cabaret Mm -hmm. but um yeah i'm super super excited about it She is also plus size and is um just like very kind of raunchy and sex positive and so i think it's going to be really good cool that's interesting they may address her size but i don't think it's going to like limit her at all Mm -hmm. there might be Mm -hmm. like jokes about it you know Mm -hmm. but not necessarily jokes at her expense oh is this the hbo show
1: yes yes okay now i know what you're talking about because i that just immediately popped into my head yes
0: somebody somewhere that's what yes. it's called and yep. is
1: uh amy schumer produced that
0: um i think so i think so yeah i think they're friends yeah mm-hmm. okay um Anyway, so those are, like, generally the fat tropes that we see in media. We're, like, either sad, unlovable cat ladies or funny fat girls because we think we can get a man even though we can't, which is just hilarious. So, basically, fat people, and particularly fat women, are in a bind Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the romance and dating department. So, with that in mind, those are the conditions that we're living in. And so these, this is where these questions are coming from, okay. right? Okay. So the first sort of category is the online dating category. Mm-hmm. Here's the first question. Is it worth mentioning during the pre-date phase that you are plus size, even if you have full body pictures in your profile? Do you need to say you're fat in your bio?
1: I hate the idea that plus size women, any woman, feels that they have to apologize for their body. Mm -hmm. And that's what that feels like to me where they're saying, well, you know, I just want a full disclosure here. You're not selling a used car. (laughs) You know, you're not where you have to say, Hey, the the radio doesn't work too well. You're a human being, you're layered, you're complex. You don't owe somebody that, that quote unquote disclosure. You have your photos. If they are an adult who has a decent amount of uh, social or social interaction, they're not, they're going to have an idea of what you look like. See, when somebody walks into a date and they say something like, Oh, I didn't know you were that big, or I didn't think you'd be that big, what they're mm-hmm. actually saying is, I don't get out much. <laughs> because <laughs> we all know pictures are a one dimensional representation, they're not three dimensional. Yeah. I know that if I went on a date with somebody, uh, like when I met my boyfriend, his pictures, he was like a string bean. He was like, I When he showed up, I wasn't like, oh, he totally gained weight. It's like, no, it's an angle. It's a moment in time. You know, you're not seeing three-dimensionally. So when someone says that to you, they don't understand how people work. They don't under, They don't understand telling on themselves when they say
0: yeah they're like okay i actually wanted a two-dimensional person um and right
1: but it's also saying i don't interact with people much i don't have a lot of experience with women because i don't know what women's bodies actually look like in real life Hmm. i only know what women's bodies look like on
0: instagram or porn okay that is that's really insightful that's super interesting okay Mm -hmm. so the next question about this is like what do you do if it does happen if you go on the date and they're like I just don't see us being together because you're bigger than your pictures so what's like the best way to tell them off okay Uh, my feeling
1: is to say if that's what you think and leave and and I know people like no you're going to want to have that moment of telling them off the problem here is if someone is ignorant enough If someone is cruel enough to say that to your face, nothing you say is going to change them. Yeah. They're, they're lost. They're gone. And also understand that when they say things, when they make comments like that, and especially when they lash out, because this is something that I really, really need everybody, but specifically men to understand what, what plus size women experience. There's actual rage That they are on the other side of on those dates. Those men are like, they're they're just steaming. That oh my god, why aren't I out? It's like you said, they're they feel entitled to that ten percent of the most beautiful women, and when they don't, they get really angry and they take it out on the other woman.
0: Right for for those of you who haven't seen this TikTok, I made a TikTok a few months ago about how. men get super angry (laughs) about plus size women being interested in dating at all. And especially in not dating them, Mm -hmm. they get like unreasonably angry. And my theory was that they think they're all entitled to like a Victoria's secret model. And that it says something about them Mm -hmm. when a fat girl thinks that she would be worthy of him.
1: Right. And so when they, when they say things like that, when they unleash that rage, it's actually rage and anger and frustration that, the women they want don't want them. Yeah. It's it's coming to that slow realization of I'm never going to get the type of women I I think I deserve. I might not be as attractive as I think I am. Right. That's that's the realization they're coming to and they and that's that inner conflict that that in those moments they they they're like literally ping-ponging these thoughts back and forth and it's bubbling inside them and then they just come out with these with these statements. Cuz it's not it's not about you. It's about their own internal conflict. It's about their desperate, desperate, desperate need for male validation. Mm. Even you know, it's not just women who need male validation. Yeah, you know, it's the, the, those are the men who they want to date somebody who's conventionally thin so that they can post photos on social media, but who might actually be more attracted to somebody who's plus size. Yeah, that's who those guys are. They want to date someone that they're that they're that they can show off.
0: Right. That they right. can
1: show off. They want a trophy.
0: I think we forget a lot of the time that until, like, fairly recently, mm-hmm. at least for white women, like, our literal survival and livelihood depended on whether we could find a man to be attracted to us. hmm And, and their social status depended on it and like still does to a degree. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's something we do need to keep in mind that like, even if that hasn't been the case in our lifetimes, it maybe was in our parents or our grandparents' lifetimes. And so then the generation after that grew up with the generation where that was the case. And so like, I, I, I often think about how like there's so much desperation now and I'm like, there doesn't need to be. Your life does not depend on it. Mm -hmm. And, like, I completely get, like, wanting intimacy and connection and stuff, but... Yes. Men aren't very good at
1: that, though, so... (laughs) If if we're honest with ourselves, we're we're much better at it for ourselves uh, than they are. So, what really do they provide? If you really think about it, what... Why do men... For why? Why do... Why? Like, what do we
0: need? Well, maybe it comes back to the social status thing again. It comes back to the social status. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's really all they provide. Yo, like, I feel... It's it's so fucking weird. Like I literally, since getting in a relationship, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm proof that fat people can be happy in love. Like it's, and that absolutely that's like a lot of pressure on the relationship, right? I absolutely. When I was writing the column, and still
1: today, I would say, I, I don't know if I would say I'm midsize, if I'm plus size. I don't I don't know. Yeah. But I, I definitely felt this com- uh, compelled to prove to people that I could get laid, that I could get a guy's attention. And that's part of what drove the oversharing was I need to prove to everybody that men want me as though that actually mattered.
0: Yes. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's a really common response to being fat, to seeing these things in the media, to Mm -hmm. having these experiences as a kid Mm -hmm. is like when you get like any small taste of that, you go, you like lean as far into it as possible. And I leaned way out of it because I didn't mm-hmm. think I could get any of it and then it wasn't ever until I got in a relationship that I had any kind of inkling of it but I know there are so many fat people who like realize that some people like want to have sex with them and then it completely impacts like I guess the way they see themselves but also the way they want the world to see them and so like you that's where you get that like sort of hyper sexual trauma response kind of deal
1: hmm
0: yeah yep all right so My next question is about non-online dating. So, obviously, a lot of relationships occur because, you know, you're running in the same circle, same friend group, stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So, basically, this question is, like, there are so many times where I've had, like, a friend or an acquaintance or a person in my life where... We were, I guess, friendly. And, like, if anybody else in my friend circle was telling me about their behavior, I'd be like, oh, he likes you. But because it was me, I was like, okay, but, like, he probably doesn't even think of me as, like, a romantic being. Like, he – you know what I mean? Yes. So, like, um, my – basically, this question is, like, how do you tell when somebody from real life is actually interested in you versus when they're just thinking of you as, you know, one of the guys – or something like that.
1: So first understand that our brain is set up to always go to the bad place first. And it's a way it's it's a way to protect ourselves. That's literally how our brain is wired. That's just how our that's our thought process. We yeah. always go to the bad place so that we can be prepared for the worst should the worst happen. Mm-hmm. So on top of that, when you're plus size when you're, when you're in a situation like you've just described, you're so afraid to get your hopes up that it becomes this coping mechanism, right? To, or just this defense mechanism to automatically like tell, tell yourself, no, 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 no. Don't get your hopes up. No, 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 no. So the first thing I guess I would ask somebody to do is why are you telling yourself this couldn't be possible? Why couldn't it be possible? Why
0: couldn't it be possible? I guess it could also be a case of like, okay, it could be possible, but like, at what point am I willing to go out on a limb and like potentially be humiliated? I think that as terrifying
1: as it is, the best thing would be to say to somebody, you know, I'm picking up on something, and tell me if I'm wrong. But this is what I'm. This is what I'm feeling. Is that the ca- is that here or is it not? Is it you know is this in my mind or is it not? Mm-hmm. And just talk about it. And I know it's terrifying. And I know this sounds so cliche, but these little signs and what do you do? And how do you know? Right, You know, when you ask, You ju- it's all about taking a calculated and informed risk. Is this somebody that you trust? Is this somebody that values you? Is this somebody that's going to, should they not feel that way? Are they still going to treat you with kindness and compassion and not let it affect the friendship going forward. Yeah. You know, basically it, people think, well, what if you risk the friendship? Fuck the friendship. Who cares? <laughs> What's important is are you willing? Are you is it are you capable of handling the possible rejection? Because if you can say, yeah, this isn't going to affect me, uh, you know i might be a little disappointed or a little bit embarrassed but i'll get over that because you will because you've been through so much worse in your life mm. i mean, the harassment that plus size women deal with yeah. we're gonna let this one dude who says nah we're gonna let that we're not gonna let that break that break us because it's not going to break us
0: yeah you know what this question is inspired by um shrill <laughs> Season. Oh, yeah. I wrote yes. this one about Shrill because that happened this season. Uh huh. I love Eddie Bryant. Mm, me too. I love
1: Eddie Bryant. And what about what was the outcome?
0: Um, the outcome was that it seemed like they were dating. She went to make a move on him and he was like, Oh, I don't feel that way about you. He was like, Actually, that was all in your head.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah, I think I've seen this clip on, on TikTok. And I think a lot of times men don't want to admit to themselves what they're, that they're actually attracted to plus-size women. Um, I think men have been programmed to believe, you're, no, you, you, you need someone conventionally thin. That's the status. That's, what's, that's where you need to go. I think there are way more men who are attracted to plus-size women than we know about. And I think that we don't know about it because men don't allow men to, to talk about it, to be attracted to them. Yeah. You know, so I I just I think there's a lot more men out there attracted to plus size women than we know about. But I also think that a lot of men struggle with admitting that and and sort of coming out, quote unquote, (laughs) you know, yeah, that that, and I I just think that like that's their shit. It's not on you. That's that's not your responsibility to Mm -hmm. unpack for them. Take the risk, man. It's. It, and, and the reason why it's worth it no matter what, the reason why it's a win no matter what, is it it, it builds so much resilience. It, if you do get rejected, it builds resilience. It builds character. It makes you fearless. And so the next time, the next guy that comes around that you think is interested, now you're going to be more likely to say something. Yeah. Instead of letting these guys dictate it, it'll help you take control of the situation. So think of it that way. Think of it as a win-win. That's how you have to think of it. Yeah. Even if he rejects you, it's still a win because there's going to be a takeaway for you. Take the yeah. risk. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So a lot of the questions that we have uh, talked about so far, and a lot of a lot more of them, are pretty centered on straight women. Mm-hmm. This one's more a more sort of all-encompassing of all genders and mm-hmm. sexual orientations. And this one's about having no experience. So recently, I've seen a lot of things cropping up on TikTok about being a late bloomer mm-hmm. and getting to a certain age, usually mid to late twenties or thirties with no dating experience. Either this means no like serious relationships, no relationships at all, like only hookups or one night stands, or it means no sexual experience or like anything physical. So, mm-hmm. um, I was absolutely certain this was going to be me. And I guess I kind of was a late bloomer cause I didn't get like, I didn't have any experience. I was 22. Um, so this is just like a question close to my heart. But um do you have any advice about I guess psyching yourself up to like go out there and try even when you feel like the opportunities that like quote normal end quote people have had like passed you by?
1: Uh I I'll reveal something right here. The man I'm with now, this is my first long term relationship. Mm-hmm. I met him at fifty. I was fifty. I had very little relationship experience, mostly because I was dealing, you know, I had a lot of unresolved trauma. I mm-hmm. had the the whole persona uh, and the dating columnist and the dating expert. Uh, so it is far more common. I get letters all the time about, I don't have a lot of relationship experience. I'm a virgin. I've not, you know, it's yeah. so much more common than people realize. But again, now that we're starting to unpack trauma and talk about trauma, slowly more people are feeling more comfortable talking about how they're late bloomers. They don't have relationship experience. That phrase that term yeah consistently month after month after month is the top keyword search for my website whoa because i have a a post how do you tell them you know what do you do when you've never had a relationship yeah top search month after month after month Yeah, it is way more common than people realize. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, because Mm -hmm. sometimes people are just, you know, they focus on school or they focus on, you know, their job, or maybe they're they're dealing with trauma. You know, yeah, we don't all have the same experiences. Not everybody gets to the same places at the same times. Yeah. So I, I would say, first and foremost, understand there's nothing strange. There's nothing odd about it. It's way more common than you realize. Yeah. And I, try to look at it as when you do have those experiences, regardless of the age because you've had these previous experiences because you have the wisdom and the maturity you're going to be able to appreciate them in ways you never would have at 18 or 25 or even 30 that's true your your experience is going
0: to bring a whole other level to it yeah so you actually have things to look forward to i love that i wonder how like shows like euphoria play into this where it's like and when i was when i was young it was you know glee so like i wonder how things like this sort of play into people's feeling that they are missing out, that they're late bloomers. Cause like, that's what we see on TV because it makes for good TV. Like there's hardly any TV characters that for the entire run of a show or the entire movie are going to stay having no romantic or sexual experience. Cause where's the story there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or at least the TV mm-hmm. story. Right. And so I see so few stories without that element and uh, it just makes, like, what's the opposite of normalized? Because it makes, like, not dating or not having sex the opposite of normalized. I mean,
1: it's it's TV. It's not real life.
0: Yeah. You know? It's not real life. It's not supposed to be. But also... Embarrassing how much I, like, still have to try to get that through my head. <laughs> I, please. I grew up TV with my boyfriend. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I didn't
1: date you know Mm -hmm. i was awkward and i had all kinds of anxiety issues Mm -hmm. uh so i didn't date tv was in movies like that was that was my they were my babysitters they were my boyfriends you know yeah that was it and i definitely think those put certain seeds in my head about how things are supposed to be forget about how people tell you it's supposed to be that's what we get and there's a quote this is not my quote but what screws us up most in life is expecting things to look a certain way
0: yeah, or to
1: play out a certain way. That's not realizing that it does not play out the same for everybody, Mm
0: -hmm. really for
1: anybody, because everybody brings their own lived experiences to them. True. You know, and I know people are saying, well, that doesn't really answer the question. And I don't, I don't really, I guess maybe I don't have a, a, like a, a great answer for this one other than give yourself a fucking break.
0: Yeah. That's a right? pretty
1: good answer. Give yourself a fucking <laughs> break. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. It happens when it happens. And even if it doesn't happen, who cares? It doesn't,
0: you're still amazing and you're still okay. You're still a person. I wish someone had told me that like a long time ago that you're right. still a person without any experience. You're still a person if you don't have any desire for experience. And right. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's talk. I mean, we're now,
1: just now starting to really understand the asexuality spectrum. Yeah, like, hey, man, and, and this there's this pressure on women, I think, to prove how sexual they are. Yes. Again, to prove men validate me, men want me. You know oh, what? It's a if, very
0: girl boss, call her daddy, kind of. Yes, boss.
1: very much, very much so. You know yeah. what? It it doesn't mean shit that a man wants to have sex with you, other than that's all that's how he sees you as something as a sexual object. You
0: know, that's it. Yes, one of uh, my favorite things I've ever tweeted is when men say, I like a girl with a little meat on her bones, what they're really saying is to me, you are a piece of meat. Right, Yeah. right.
1: Why are we not, right, exactly. Yeah. You know, maybe you don't want to have sex. Maybe you don't yeah. want to date and that's okay too. Yeah. And that's, I think a great place to come to. I think, forget about if he wanted to, he would. If you wanted to, you would. If you really want a relationship, Anybody can do that. Maybe the reason why nothing has worked out, maybe the reason why this isn't this isn't something that you've been quote unquote successful at, is because you don't actually want it. And you're just sort of sabotaging yourself over and over because you're like, eh, I kinda like my life as is. Yeah. I don't really need this. Maybe you don't need this as much as you think you do.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So last thing before we move on from late bloomership, late mm-hmm. bloomerhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So when you have no experience, whether you wanted it or not, it can still feel like they're going to judge me if I say something. So like, when should you communicate it and how? You don't. Ever. Uh, you can, uh, I, I mean, why do you need to? Um, You know, I guess it's another disclaimer, isn't it? It's like, right. Right. It's like hey, just so you know, I'm probably not good at sex because I've never had it. <laughs> uh, also, why
1: don't we realize that romantic relationships and platonic relationships are the fucking same except for sex say more say more to my dog are you talking my dog or me <laughs> both
0: definitely <laughs> um, not dog
1: just because you've never had someone want to be your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your partner or whatever doesn't mean you don't have any relationship experience do you have friends do you have coworkers? do you have relatives these are all relationships how are they any different? Why are they different? Why do we treat them as different? So let's say you have a relationship or a friendship with someone you met in in high school or junior high or even college. Mm -hmm. And that friendship spans 15, 20, 25 years. You're going to tell me that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That's longer than most marriages. (laughs) And you're going to tell me that doesn't mean something that doesn't count. You have more relationship experience than you realize. And I really hate when people ask questions like, "So, how long was your longest relationship?" I hate those questions because obviously because if I, you know, if I was ever asked that, I obviously felt like terrified because I had relationships. You know, I had a 10-year casual relationship with somebody. That's yeah. still my friend. Was it a romantic relationship? No. But would I say, "Oh, you know, three years because it was true because that was defining like define relationship unless they ask you to drill down like so define relationship so what do you mean you're not lying you know and now granted we know what they mean when they ask when someone on a date asks you when was your last relationship or how long was your longest relationship they're speaking romantically so don't you know so d- don't don't fall back on that friend that you have from college you know what they're asking you right but you know, you can, you can play fast and loose with those questions. Yeah. You know, and you don't have to lie, you know, or you could just say long enough to know what I'm looking for now. Yeah. Right. Like you can circumvent it, you know, long enough to know what I want and what I don't want. For sure. sure. And if you say it with, you know, intention, if you say it really confidently, you know, that'll end the conversation. You know, I don't think you owe anybody that sort of... Unless it's something that could be detrimental to their health, to their safety, to their well-being. I don't think you really owe anybody a disclosure.
0: Yeah. You know? That's just... But that's just my feeling. Yeah. There's, like, so much underlying this that's like, oh, but I should do this for them. Like, it, no. it is that feeling of owing. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're already in a body that you feel like on some level you have to make up for. Do you think men ever think about that? Yeah, no. Never! <laughs> well, never! Maybe, maybe like one or two shy and secure ones. Right. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. So my next question is about um, you've probably heard of this uh, the pull the pig men. Ugh, yep. So yeah I got a question from TikTok uh, that said I've never been in a relationship and this scares me out of trying and they linked this video about uh men having this contest of pull the pig Mm -hmm. if you're a theater person you probably know the musical dog fight which is about a similar thing Mm -hmm. um where they have a contest to see who can sleep with the fattest woman and so they like play these women and then once they have sex with you then you find out that like the whole time you were misled basically and sometimes it's filmed Sometimes it's like cataloged for their friends. So how do you, one, deal with the fear of being the pig? And two, how do you tell when somebody is playing you like that?
1: I mean, I think this is a case. This is where intuition is so, so key. Because your intuition is going to tell you a lot. Yeah. They're going to tell you if this situation is right, if, if this person is sincere. That intu- Your intuition is going to tell you. It, it, it's our intuition is never wrong. So I would really say focus on honing your intuition and, and, and learning how to trust it because then you'll have a better idea of when you're talking with somebody, are they sincere or not? Because I just, like I said, I don't think there is one specific move that somebody can do to, that will tell you whether or not they're a good person or not. I think, I think our intuition, our instinct, that, that's how we know. That's how we know. We, learn, we know through, through beha- watching their behavior. Forget about what they say. Watch their behavior. I, I think, you know, coming up with all these sort of tricks and here's a question to ask. And this is what you, you know, if someone's going to manipulate you, if someone's going to intentionally try to hurt you, let me tell you something. They have the answers to all these questions. If they want to manipulate you, they'll find a way to do it. Yeah. But we'll, what will never fail you is your intuition.
0: That's a good answer. Do you have any advice on, like, overcoming the fear of that, that's stopping you from dating at all? It sounds very
1: sort of, it sounds kind of reductive. But you, ha- I think you need to get to a place where you can say, if somebody did that to me, Mm-hmm. That's not a statement of me, and that's not about me. Uh, I the other fear obviously is will they film it? Will they do this? Will they do that? I think those people are actually very rare. They okay. exist for sure, but I think they're pretty rare. And I think maybe something that would be really smart is to stick to people that you meet where there's a common like common denominator meaning you know each other so that they'll be held accountable if they fuck up. Yeah. I like that. Right. Like stick to people where, um, where they, where they know if you, you know, if you, if you do something, I'm going to put you on blast and it's going to be the end of you. Yeah. Like make that really, you don't have to say it in that way, but make it clear, you know, that, you, you you have mutual friends, or you know someone's coworker, or you have their full name. Whatever it is, yeah, make it really clear that you know, and make sure you know who you're dating. Make sure Google them. Do you have their real name? Do you have their information? Get an idea. Go to their Instagram and get an idea of you know. Do they typically date plus size women or mid size women? Are they only ever dating? you know, what's going on here? Is this sort of, am I an anomaly? Yeah. Look for that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully that, I, I hope that helps. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I guess my brain's just having a really hard time processing that there are people this fucking cruel. Yeah. And that's the sad thing is that there are
0: yeah, you know, I mean, I think a lot of this stuff kind of comes down to simply not thinking of fat people as people or fat mm-hmm. women as women because mm-hmm. because I mean this like sort of dehumanization, which we'll also see with the fetishization question I'm going to get to in a minute mm-hmm. um, is is sort of predicated on the person deserves it in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then also like the the kind of the thing where it's like oh i'm using this fat girl to talk to my uh, talk about my dating woes with and tell her like how no girls like me that i like and meanwhile she's sitting there liking me Mm -hmm. it's because they don't think of you as a woman that's why they're saying to you a woman no girls like me right you know right that's happened to me so many times i'm sure it's happened to lots of lots of folks out there please
1: it happened to me all the time
0: Uh uh-huh yeah yep it's very common Okay, so this, this question relates a little bit back to my TikTok that I was talking about a minute ago, because men don't just hate fat women. They fear them, literally have, like, visceral fear. And there's this um, recent research study that came out uh, that the gist of it was that when it comes to online dating, women's biggest fear is meeting up with a serial killer, and men's biggest fear is meeting someone fat. Right. So why do they hate fat women so much? And, like... To the point that they are offended when they even suspect a fat woman is into them. Because, it, 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 like you said, it
1: ties back to your original statement. They believe that they're entitled to a, a certain level of conventionally attractive woman. And when that doesn't happen, they fear, what does this say about me? What does this mean about me? And, you know, I used to see this, quite frankly, I see this a lot in in uh, people in online dating who are really offended when older people contact them. Yeah. Like, why is this older person contacting me? And what they're really saying is, you know, what is it about me? What is it about me? That's, that's where that anger is coming from. That's yeah. where that reaction is coming from. What does this say about me? And you know, we're women. So women are constantly being told to be introspective and be aware and be polite. And, you know, we're, we're kind of forced to be attuned for our personal safety. Yeah. Men struggle to identify a feeling. Yeah, that's true. Right. And so they don't know what's going on. They're like, Ooh, me feel bad. I I don't know why I feel bad. What, what is this? And the, and remember anger is a secondary emotion. Yeah. It's a cover
0: for the what's really going on. Yeah. Which is fear or insecurity. Fear or... or
1: insecurity or something that makes them feel
0: vulnerable. Anger makes them feel less vulnerable. Yeah. So my question is, like, in terms of advice to the men, what would you say to fat men who might be taking that self-hatred out on fat women?
1: Now, fat men taking that self-hatred out or just men in general? Um... You know, I wrote fat men, but I mean men in general. <laughs> I, I would I would say examine that. Sit with it. Where's that coming from? Yeah. What What are you really feeling? Because it's not anger. Yeah. There's something else.
0: It's all you're allowed to feel
1: culturally, basically. Right. Because but... it's, it's not anger. There's more yeah. to it and figure out what
0: it is. Yeah. And unpack is... it. Absolutely. God, this is irrelevant. But I just have to say, like, it is so crazy how men don't realize that, like, them not being toxically masculine is attractive to us
1: right yeah (laughs) they they don't they don't understand they don't understand yeah that's how westell caleb became that that that's is how he you know he played into that the Ah, not not toxic not uh toxic
0: totally and that is how this like average looking random guy (laughs) gets so many girls yes it makes perfect sense i was listening to an episode of swipe fat um, a couple of days ago, and one of the hosts was talking about how a guy she'd been on a date with, like, um, said in his profile that his ideal date was charcuterie and a historical walking tour, and the other one was like, "Oh my God, that's so hot!" I'm like, "Yeah, we <laughs> can't we just unite on charcuterie, man? Right, like, <laughs> right. I love cheese. Do you love cheese? Yeah, Great. right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm out here trying to like." Forced my boyfriend to go to a fondue place for Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm lactose intolerant, but I don't let that stop me. (laughs) Okay, so now let's talk about fetishization Mm because with, um, okay, so here's a question from TikTok. With a lot of people I liked, they've either fetishized my fatness or tried to compliment me by separating me from being fat. Is there an effective way to see if someone has these views early in a relationship or getting to know them, or are you just going to wait it out to discover these views?
1: I think that with a lot of, a lot of times, there's, with a lot of marginalized communities, there's this level, there's this learning curve. is a, a level of emotional labor we yes. tend to have to, have to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's always going to be some people are there. They're always going to have those tendencies. It, it depends on how far does it go. And I think that takes time. You know, do they yeah. say things like you're not fat, you're beautiful. Or do they understand that those are what you fat and beautiful. Those are synonymous. Yeah. You know, you, you don't need to you don't need to tell, say things like that. Are, you know, where are they in the in the journey of body positivity? Right. And I think that just takes time and listening to things that they say and maybe, you know, maybe expose them to certain things and see what their responses are. You know, an Instagram page, an article, find an article. Ooh, like, that's a oh, good I was one. reading good this. One. And this is so great. What do you, yeah. you know, what do you think?
0: Yeah. And see what they say. Yep. I've had a very um, interesting time trying to. Teach my boyfriend that diets don't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting thing because everybody also has their own relationship with their body and mm-hmm. their like eating and exercise habits, particularly. So, what do you do if your partner has body issues themselves, or like is on a strict diet, or scared of getting fat, and like it's affecting you? Because like that implication is that like you're undesirable and because you're fat, even if they think that you're desirable and are making you feel good and saying you're beautiful, but they're applying like fat phobia to themselves.
1: See that, that for me would be a case of, I think you, you know, you need to work on this before we can be together Yeah. because how they're just going to continue to trigger you. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think whether it's unknowingly subconsciously intentionally, I don't think that's gonna be really healthy for you. Yeah. You know, there's that learning curve and then there's just, uh, then there's deep seated fat phobia,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? You need yeah. to see how, how, how rooted is it? And yes. if it's deep rooted where they're there, oh, I have to do this and I don't wanna look this way. That's, man, that's, that's not good. That's not a good, I don't think fundamentally yeah. you're compatible
0: yeah i think this is a a really common thing with like the the gym bro as as we watch the emergence of the gym bro the keto bro Mm -hmm. the raw carnivore bro. right (laughs) sorry i i'm sorry i can't not have a laugh at the carnivore diet motherfucker Um, but yeah i feel like this is becoming increasingly more common as um men's bodies become under more pressure and scrutiny Mm -hmm. and so even if they are you know somewhat like I guess woke about body positivity as a concept Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of the time they can only apply that to another person and like we see this all the time with friends too like or parents where they're like oh well I'm fat and look horrible but it looks okay on you you know yeah you're beautiful but I could never be beautiful if I got that (laughs) right yeah so Next question is about sex on the first date. Um, so we have this stereotype that fat women are great at blowjobs because they're so desperate that they'll do anything to make a man like them. Uh-huh. And so it's like the idea that fat women are secret sluts. Um so basically it's like, how do you avoid being seen as like that sex object when you start a relationship? And should you start the relationship, like should you withhold sex or not have sex? on the first date because that stereotype exists.
1: Uh, Have any kind of sex or physical intimacy when you want to, first of all, Mm -hmm. whether it's the first date or the 10th date, it doesn't matter. Someone who likes you and frankly, who respects women isn't going to judge you for it. And is isn't going to, I really think this comes down to making sure you, you date somebody with uh, a progressive, viewpoint and understanding and and respect for women yeah that's where it starts like do they respect women because then more than likely they're not they don't think that way you know i just i just think really a lot of this comes down to who you choose to date you know i I just feel like if you look for the signs look for substance if you look for substance you really can't go wrong I think a lot of the problems, and again, I hate to bring up the West Elm-Caleb thing, that dude had no substance. Yeah. None. Nothing. He was a, a penis with a mustache. That's no. it. You know? <laughs> that, that made uh, not uh, great furniture, but not bad. That, that's it. He had no substance. Look yeah. for substance. You know, if they, these are, are your concerns, right? Take right. your time getting to know somebody. Yeah, so that you can get a sense of who they are and what, what's their character mm-hmm. that's what I would say take your time getting to know somebody Yeah, that'll tell
0: you everything you need the next question is kind of a two-parter I want to know why so many people say they prefer personality over looks when so with five O's many people won't date a fat girl even with a great personality and I want to know why people say they like when women are confident but then don't like confident fat women Um, But then at the same time, if I struggle with confidence because of my weight, I'm still undesirable because I'm fat and insecure. Like, it's a lose-lose. This, again, comes down to uh,
1: men hate the idea of women not uh, being driven by male validation.
0: Uh Yeah.
1: And so when they see a woman (laughs) feel confident, no matter what, no matter what her body size, they're like, well, no, I, I have to. I must take her down a peg. I cannot have that. I cannot have a woman who doesn't need my validation. Uh, and people who say things, i you know, I prefer personality. I'm just going to say it. People who say I, I, I'm i more concerned with personality than looks, you're full of shit. That's a dead giveaway <laughs> that you're full of shit, yeah.
0: that,
1: that you're being performative. Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you.
0: Yeah. Um, so, okay, this is an interesting one. I don't know if you'll have an answer for this, but are there places in the U S or in the world that it's easier to date as a fat person than others? I have never been able to find someone who doesn't have something to say about my size. And I've always wondered if it's because I live in bum Pennsylvania.
1: I think if you move, I, I, I think that if you move to a more progressive city, yeah, I, I do think you, you'll have more luck. Mm-hmm. I do. And yes, that includes New York city. Really? Yes. Because we're more progressive here, we're more open. We're we're having these conversations. I think move to a more progressive city. And I know that again, if you if you have the means, if you don't, yeah. tr- you know, look for people,
0: join groups that are more progressive if you can, or if you're near a more progressive city, like say you're in Bumfong, Pennsylvania, but it's a few hours outside of Philly or Pittsburgh, right? Like I would say maybe set your dating apps to say that you're in the city, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, I also I wonder if that's also tied up with gender stuff, too, because I think like in more conservative areas, which tend to be more rural, there may be more strict gender norms and people think of fatness, especially for women as being outside of gender. They think of it that way for everybody, really. Um, So like if a woman is fat, that makes them fit less into the ideal of womanhood. So I Mm -hmm. wonder if that's like part of it as well. I th- I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So once you're in a relationship, what's the best way to respond when you're a woman and people are shocked that your boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband is hot? Okay. I- I'm just, like, do
1: the people who, like, wow, people just love to tell on themselves, right? People love to tell on themselves. They love to true. tell on themselves. <laughs> yeah. And when someone reveals such ignorance and such social ineptitude. hmm I, I mean, I, again. I, I just think that the, the response is I just, just to say, I like, I can't believe you would even find that an appropriate qu- statement. Yeah. What, what would ever make you think that was appropriate? Like, or, or of course he does. Yeah. What do you, put it back on them. Put it back on them. Of course he does. What do you mean? Play Stupid. If it's subtle, can you be like, oh, what do you mean by that? right <laughs> yeah. you know, go back to that shit's Creek reference of where they created a, a a world where there was no homophobia. yeah pretend you're in a world where there is no fat phobia well, um what do you mean? I don't understand. I love that. put it back on them. make them explain it because you know they'll come out with that statement thinking they're so fucking funny and then when you say i'm, I'm I don't I don't understand. And you just yeah. sort of stare at them, and then and like all eyes on them. They're like, "Oh, the joke, the joke didn't land." That jo- you, know, oh, some. Uh, that's when they realize. Uh, I think I said something inappropriate. That's when they realize. Yeah. That's how you let somebody know. Is when you don't react. I, I don't. I don't understand. Explain yeah. the joke.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I would also say like if you are a thin person who is dating a fat person, and people say that to you, definitely say, "Of course I do." Or like, are you kidding? Have you seen them? Like something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, why wouldn't I? What are you talking yeah. about? Because people tend to be really suspicious of relationships. Well, any any fat person in a relationship, really. Mm-hmm. People try to find the reason that they're actually appealing enough to date. Like, what else do they have going for them? Or what's their what's the person's ulterior motive in dating them? Right. Right, so, they th- it's so fucking insulting. They never that say just- that to
1: someone. Right, never say that to somebody. But again, <laughs> play stupid. Always play stupid. What do you, What do you mean? Of course.
0: And it's also like okay, if you're gonna say that, like clearly, you think people's only value is their appearance. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes you're telling on yourself as being a misogynist. Too. Exactly. You're just
1: telling yourself of being shallow, stupid, ignorant, socially inept. <laughs> you have no friends. You don't get out much. Well, like anything else, you want to reveal about yourself with one simple yeah. statement? Yeah.
0: Okay, so my next question is about weight loss. So Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, whether intentional or unintentional, they find that they lose weight and they have this new like sort of psychological burden to deal with of getting way more attention that they know they would not have gotten if they were still fatter.
1: Uh, I went through this. Uh, i lost 30 pounds at one point because I got comments from men. Oh, I'm not used to having sex with women your size. Oh, you're fun size. So I lost weight. Uh, fun fact, spoiler alert. <laughs> you might make more you might your quantity of matches might imp- uh, uh, increase, but yeah. the quality does not improve, because if they're only dating you because you lost weight, then w- they're not dating you for your core values for who you are. Yeah. If they find you attractive, they would find you attractive at any size. If they loved you. They would find you attractive and if they cared for you, they would find you attractive at any size because it's not about the size, you know, how you feel about somebody.
0: I mean, I guess that's, that's definitely applicable when you're even dating a little more seriously, but like, I guess the other thing is like, I feel like a lot of times it's like the initial interest Mm -hmm. that's determined by like your like physical appearance Mm -hmm. a lot of the times, like, Mm -hmm. will they get to know you? Will they give you the time of day? So in that way, being fat is actually a real time saver. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think there is that. You ha- there's, there's a psychological aspect of losing weight and then suddenly having uh, a whole sort of subsection of, of potential matches open up. Right. And you have to determine as you meet them, is this somebody who would have dated me however many pounds ago? Or mm-hmm. is this somebody who would only date me if I fit a certain standard or quote unquote right. norm?
0: Um, my theory on what happens is a lot of the time it's the initial thing. And once they get to know you and start to love you, they may not mind if you gain weight, but they still may not have necessarily dated you initially if you had yes. been that at that time. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, would, I would agree with that. Which, I mean, we can only hope that they apply that ability to love fat people to any future relationships they may have, I guess. Right.
1: I don't think people understand... What was it? Did you see that tic-tac that went around this week from the guy saying, you know, if she gains weight, I mean, if she gains weight, that's it. I'm breaking up with her. Good. Be alone. You deserve to be alone because (laughs) uh, if you want her to have your kids, you think she's not going to gain weight and you think she's just going to drop it all? What if she gets sick? What if this? What if that? Right. Right. Again, these guys they just tell on
0: them themselves
1: yeah all like these-
0: shit comes up when you are with someone especially with someone for a long time yeah and to make your your love entirely conditional with someone you might be with for years is just mm-hmm. disgusting and like yep. really yep. weird and like i would never want to be in that kind
1: of a relationship where you feel compelled i have to say a certain size no yeah no yeah no way
0: Or where they're going to comment on your body or ask you to lose weight or anything like that. Or anything that you eat. Are you going to eat that? Yeah, I'm going to eat two Mm -hmm. of them. And if they don't, (laughs) it's like if they don't know by now that that's like not an appropriate thing to say to someone. Right, right. Then tell them. And if they don't get it through their head, then they're stupid. Okay. Um, So I have two questions that are sent in from Instagram that are not... um, Not fat related, but I just wanted to ask real quick because they really want to know. So if I'm the one consistently instigating contact with someone I'm seeing, should I take that as an indication that they are no longer interested?
1: So men are lazy. Fundamentally, they're lazy and they expect (laughs) women to do all the emotional labor and women do all the emotional labor. But if you if you start off a relationship where you're always the one taking the initiative, guys will be like, "Cool, they'll kick back." I'm like, "Well, she's comfortable with it." It's that it's that weaponized competence. Oh, yeah. So it's not just about doing chores around the house. It's feigning ignorance or stupidity anytime an expectation is placed on them. Yeah. Right? So, uh, the test is stop doing it and see what happens. Yeah. Because it could be either this person is just sort of going along because they have nothing better to do or they're going along thinking, oh, no, she likes being the planner.
0: Yeah. Communicate. Um, This question also didn't specify gender. So would you give the same advice if the other person wasn't a man? Yep. You bet.
1: Because just as humans, you know, if one person's doing everything, we're going to go, oh, okay, that's, they like to do it. Right. You know, so I'm just going to sit back. If they seem more comfortable because they're always doing, oh, I, I they're going to assume that's how you, that's how you like to conduct yourself in a relationship. And if it's not, then you need to say, you know, I love spending time with you, but I, I really don't like feeling as though I'm the only one pushing, you know, put doing in the, putting in the work. Can yeah. we talk about that?
0: Right. And it's, it's also confusing because once you teach them that you're the one who reaches out, if you right. stop reaching out to test them, right. they might just think you're not interested anymore. Right.
1: Communicate it. Yeah. Stop doing it, but but give them a heads up first. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, the other question is, uh, someone said to this person, I don't want FWB again, but if you want to hang out and hook up from time to time, I would be down. What? What does this mean? Help. <laughs> I feel like I got that question. I, I'm oh, pretty sure
1: I did get this question. Oh. Um, I got this question, and I'm pretty sure I answered it uh, on my site. I, yeah, I did. I think I did. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm try- I know what I, I know what I said to her. Men don't um, like fuck buddy, FWB. It's relationship sex, not relationship sex. The but only he people
0: even want that.
1: But th- this <laughs> is what I'm saying. He just wants casual sex. He's not defining it. He doesn't want to define it as anything. Yeah. Because to him, it's just casual sex, right? It's like, we're not even friends. <laughs> but that is it. Yeah. They're not friends. Yeah. They're not friends. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he's just saying like, I, I just, because he doesn't want it because friends with benefits, she might be somebody who puts an expectation him of, of, on him of, you know, check in and let's be friends. And let's get to know each other. He's literally telling you, I don't want to, I, I don't want to have to actually care about you in any right. capacity. I just want to have sex with your lady parts. I want your lady parts and my man parts to come together. That's it. it, it that, that's it. He's literally telling you, I don't want to have to care about you. But yeah. can we have sex? That's and what he's that's,
0: saying. And if that's your thing, would you say, go for it? Uh, if,
1: if, if you're okay with that, if you're perfectly... I, I think I, uh, I've i said this before. We need to normalize using men for sex. So if you, want it, if you want it just for the sex and you won't get attached and you won't feel dehumanized, and I'm not saying that uh, in a passive-aggressive way. If you're okay with it, do it. Yeah. Absolutely do it. But the fact that you're trying to figure out any of this and
0: even thinking about it means you're not. Yeah. And be true to yourself about that stuff. All right. So- My final question is Mm going to be about specifically for fat people regarding the arts and entertainment. Mm -hmm. So as a fat actor, this is something that happens to me a lot. I've been cast as an old lady, either a completely asexual character or someone whose sexuality is the butt of the joke. Mm -hmm. So how do you... As maybe, maybe a performer or a person in the arts, or just someone who's consumed a lot of media, how do you get these tropes out of your head when you are trying to have a romantic or sexual experience or relationship? You have to
1: talk yourself through these things. When this stuff comes up, you like literally yeah. have to stop and go, "Why am I? What do you mean?" Have this conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. Why are you saying that? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, you know, you're not supposed to because you're this size, and but, but who said that? Well, you see this in all the movies, yeah, but they're movies, right? The, these aren't I guess it's like how do you stop trusting movies as gospel you know but I think because that's that's your world that's what you're surrounded by yeah right so that's mm-hmm. very hard not to not to see that as reality
0: especially so, when you're trying to be in them
1: right right <laughs> yeah. so maybe make it a point to have certain things that don't involve that world so that you can expose yourself that's good fucking to advice. other communities and <laughs> in other, in other worlds Yeah, you know
0: yeah Totally. That's great. That's great advice. Okay, Uh, before we go, do you have anything that you want to leave us with? And then where can we find you and work with you on the Internet? Uh,
1: Honestly, fuck that guy. That's what I'm leaving you with. Fuck that guy. And (laughs) and that encompasses try to let go of this need for male validation, because once Mm -hmm. if we can take that power away from them, they have nothing. It's so fucking they true. They have nothing. That's so true. And we have the ability and the power to do that. And we're, we've already started it. We don't really realize it. We've already started it. That's why they're but let's not really, out of
0: the woodworking. Right.
1: <laughs> now now let's, let's be really cognizant and intentional about these decisions. I don't want to date because I just don't need you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, talk to yourself. Ask yourself, what do you really want? Why do you want a relationship? Is it because you want the companionship? Or is it because you feel you're supposed to because you're this age and everybody else has it? Or this is what your Aunt May said at that. What Really figure out why do I want this? Is it because I'm, I think I'm supposed to or because I really want it? Yeah. And then just figure out what it is exactly. Have a really clear picture of what you want and then date very intentionally statements only no more asking guys so what are you looking for so what do you want so where is this relationship headed you tell them you tell them statements only i'm dating with the intention of finding a long-term relationship that's the line you put in your profile that's what you say on a date after you've been dating for about six weeks you say you know the last six weeks have been great and i'm ready to be exclusive i think i'm ready to be exclusive Mm mm-hmm and then just wait. Because somebody who wants to be exclusive with you, somebody who's ready for a relationship, they're gonna go, Yeah, okay. There's no yeah. legal ramifications for breaking up with somebody. Yeah. If they're in, they're like, Okay, I'll uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go in on this one. And either it'll work or it won't. Mm-hmm. Stop giving them the power. That's what I would say. That's what I will leave with you. Fuck that guy. That's what I will leave you with. Uh you can Go to my website, dateologycoach.com. You can follow me on Instagram at the, T-H-E, Kristen, C-H-R-I-S-T-A-N-M, the Kristen M. You can follow my podcast, Dateology Coach Podcast, at Dateology Pod. Follow me on TikTok at Datology Coach. And follow my Substack. Subscribe to my Substack. We do, or our Patreon We do two weekly podcast episodes a week, and they're full of letters that we get from listeners and from readers. So you can go to datologycoach.substack.com and become a subscriber for I do exclusive advice columns and a weekly podcast. And you can go to patreon.com slash datologypod and get weekly full-length podcast episodes. Let's uh, And if you want to submit a dating question, datologycoach.com, click the Submit a Dating Question tab.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so, so much for coming on. You've answered so many, so (laughs) many questions um, (laughs) with Fuck That Guy that uh, I, you know, have been things i've been aware of for like years and just thought there was no way out of mm-hmm. um but there is a way out and it's fuck that guy it is it's fuck that guy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this was amazing happy valentine's day i happy hope valentine's you have a great day, day. We're thank you so this much for having before me valentine's day sneaky secret but it is now valentine's day so everyone listening i hope you also have a wonderful valentine's day have a great day
1: no matter what who with who or if it's alone or with somebody else you, just you decide. have
0: anyone you love in your life tell them you love them today that's valentine's day oh, if you yes. have a dog
1: do something for a do something for your dog you know i run a oh, i run a yes. doggy daycare and and boarding business as well and boy oh boy they just change your life man so buy a special
0: little dog biscuit for your pup and hang out with them they're yeah. they're better than men i will just say that as someone who was single for almost every valentine's day of my life i would say make this day special no matter what like you can it's an enjoyable day it's an excuse to celebrate bake some heart-shaped cookies like take yourself to a spa or something like that it's about
1: love and that includes self-love
0: absolutely absolutely thank you thank you abby thank you so so much thank you so much Kristen. have a great rest of your day you too Thank you so much for listening to More Than Tracy Turnblad. If you liked it, hit subscribe and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. Also, follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all at More Than Tracy T. And just tell your friends. Word of mouth is great, too. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash more than Tracy T, where you can get perks like bonus episodes, essays and blog posts by me, and the spicy controversial takes I'll only post behind a thick paywall. We always love to hear from you, so please reach out via Instagram or by emailing more than Tracy Turnblad at gmail.com. You can find all of our past episodes with links to listen on every podcast platform at more than Tracy